Hey guys, Bill here. Thank you for checking out another podcast. Before I get started, I want to give a strong, solid shout out to my biggest, strongest, most solid supporters, the fine folks at Iron Asylum Gym. If you're interested in a, a place to go work out, that is certainly a place to work out. They have all the tools for uh, for your preventative maintenance as well as getting them good-ass gains. So if you're interested in getting some of them good-ass gains, that's a place to go get your sweet-ass some good-ass gains. All right, they've got free weights. They've got all kinds of cool machines for you to work out. Your trapezoidals, your quadazoidals, and your biceptazoidals. All right, if you're trying to get jacked and tanned, they can help you get jacked. They don't have a tanning room that I'm aware of. However, if you really want to tan, there are lots of places uh, in, in my town, Soldatna or, or Kenai, really all over the peninsula to go get a tan. Uh, and I'm sure that wherever you live, if you don't live on the Kenai Peninsula, like let's say you live in Utah, like Trucker Dave, uh, I'm sure there are places to go tanning there as well. However, why look artificial? It's the winter. All right. Um, other solid supporter, 5150 Vapes. They are your vape super center on the peninsula. They've got well over 200 different types of juices there. I don't think there's any place on the peninsula uh, that, that has anywhere near the uh, number of juices. If you're looking to quit smoking, that is a place to go to get you some blueberry juice to get you off of the smoking tobaccos. All right. Uh, they also have CBDs. So if you are looking for a place to go get some CBDs or interested in learning about CBDs, I'm going to be learning about CBDs during the month of November. So uh, I'll be learning about those. I'll be learning about all kinds of stuff while we're turning off the uh, the, uh, the the uh, devil's lettuce intake for the month of November. We're going to be cutting back the sweets as well. Uh, I know some of you guys are ta- and, and gals and others, bless your heart, you sweet ass others uh, who are taking the month off from... I don't know, from sweets or, or from uh, booze, whatever it is that you're taking a month off to uh, to enjoy the fast with me. I appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. Uh, so, again, solid thank you to Iron Asylum Gym. If you are looking for a place to work out, look them up on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Iron Asylum AK, and see if they've got something for you. One of my favorite things about the gym, by the way is that if you want to become a member, you've got to talk to the owners. You got to talk to Brandon and you got, or you got to talk to his, uh, his wife, Jelani, if you want to become a member. So there you go. Like you, you at least got to go through somebody, not like somebody who's trying to sell you something. Like if they're, I mean, they're trying to sell you membership, but at the same time, if they don't want you, you know, they can just tell you that, yeah, they ain't going to work out for us, you know. Or something. I don't know. It's privately owned. I don't know how any of that works. Maybe they can't kick you out. Maybe they can. I don't know. I'm sure there are rules for that sort of thing. But if there are rules for them, then the fine folks at Iron Asylum, they are rule abiders. Uh, you, you know that when you walk into the, uh, into the gym and you see the list of rules that include, uh, train, don't work out, listen to the music loudly, grunting is absolutely acceptable. So if you're looking for a place to work out and make weird noises, that's a place you can do that, man. All right. It's also 24-hour access. So there you go. If you've got a, a weird energy surge at 2 o'clock in the morning, you can go there and, uh, and get, that, uh, get that out of you. 
All right. Also, again, fifty one fifty vapes. Your vape super center. They've just they've just got a really cool place to uh, to check out if you are into CBDs or if you are into um, well, if you're looking for one of those little palm oil heat vapor thingies, they've got those as well. They're made of rubber um, from a company called uh, Mig, and uh, yeah, so. You know, if you drop it, you're way less inclined to break it. I don't know about you, but I have dropped one of those, uh, uh, vape pens, the, 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 the glass, uh, the glass top with the oil. I've dropped that, it shattered, and you're out, you know, like 50, 60 bucks. I mean, if you, if you bought a, a gram of, of, uh, oil, I mean, that's well over a hundred bucks in many cases, uh, if you live in Alaska, you know, and that's a, that's a loss. That's a real loss. Any way you cut it, that's uh, if you're a, a drinker, that's a that's I don't know, it's like a sixty bottle, a sixty dollar bottle of boots. So, um, yeah, well, there's there's one way to look at it. All right, so uh, they've got the little MIGs, they're uh, they're rubberized, so if you drop it, yeah, it's a uh, it's much safer than if it's uh, just in one of those heavy ass uh, C cell batteries. It falls, it breaks, it shatters, and you're out your oil, you're out of money. And, uh, yeah, so you get your little palm guy and, you know, that way if you drop it, it's not such a big deal. All right. There you go. Also, shoot. Schnikes. By the way, coming up, got to plug this. Comedy dates, comedy dates, comedy dates. November 16th, uh, coming to Don Jose's in Soldatna, Andy Hendrickson, Angie Stubbs, and Cass Smiley. Andy Hendrickson has written for 30 Rock. He's written for David Letterman. He's written for Craig Ferguson uh, and and a host of other comedians. And anyway, he's a very funny guy. You can look him up online. Uh, he does, uh, I guess it's Dry Bar Humor is uh, the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, they got a lot of stuff over there. That uh, A lot of his stuff, he's, you got a good sample. There's a lot of stuff to look at before you go see him at Don Jose's or at Four Royal Parker. So there you go. You have two options, two places to go see them. Uh, just go, go see them. Uh, Cass Smiley is the, was the Anchorage Press comedian of the year. And if you have not had the opportunity to check her out, these are two, two fantastic opportunities. One with your family and then one in the 21 and up show, which will include some of our fine local talent. All right. We're looking at seven o'clock showtime for the family show at Don Jose's. And we're looking at probably nine or 10 o'clock at uh, Parker's a little bit later around. All right. If there is someone that you think I should talk to, by all means, uh, send me an email, wokenbakedpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'd love to have a conversation with them if if I agree that there's someone that I I think I should talk to. Uh, And that goes for all kinds of topics, man. If you have a a topic that you think should be addressed on the podcast, dude, ma'am, other, I want to discuss it. I'm always up for having my opinions changed or or even discussing my ideas and thoughts uh, with anyone who's willing to uh, exchange their thoughts and ideas with me. So... Coming up, uh, we'll have uh, old, old Crazy Karen. Some of you may know Crazy Karen uh, from the Gulf Coast uh, Democrats. She was one of the first people that I met on the Kenai Peninsula, and she gave me a Bernie Sanders sticker. That was pretty damn cool. So thank you. Thank you, Crazy Karen. Who, by the way, she goes by Crazy Karen. You know, she'll, she'll take that name. Bless her heart. She's a, she's a very loud, outspoken, very liberal woman. 
but she's also very cool and she's uh, willing to sit down and share her thoughts and opines with me. So uh, that'll be coming up very soon uh, after the elections. We'll uh, we'll talk to her, but more to come. Hopefully, with uh, with your favorite uh, muscle bound monster, Brandon Miller, talking to him this month as well. So uh, lots of stuff coming up. Uh, if there, again, somebody I'll talk to. Send me a message, and we'll go from there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, right now it is my conversation with Dolly Phelps. Dolly Phelps and her husband, Jeff, own Peace Frog Botanicals out of uh, Nikiski, Alaska, and their hybrid Platinum Huckleberry cookies uh, came in the uh, bronze, got the bronze medal at the High Times Cannabis Cup uh, this year in um, well, close to Anchorage, Settlers Bay. So congratulations to Jeff and Dolly. We talked a little bit about that. We spoke a little bit about the current uh, current tax situation and the coming changes to the cannabis tax code uh, that will be coming around on the 1st of January. So without any further idea, Trap Lord Circuit, take it away. Good day. Good afternoon. Good Good night. Good morning. Good morning. To good afternoon. Whatever part of day. I mean, well, the really cool thing about the internet is that, like, whenever people are listening to this, it's uh, it's when they're listening to this. Is like, oh, it's all it, day and it's all, all night. day, all night. Whenever you want to listen to it, so it's you know, if you're up at two o'clock in the morning listening to this, thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> that. If you're listening to this at two in the afternoon, I appreciate the hell out of that too. Thank you so much. All right, <laughs> all right. Today I am uh, I am joined by uh, by the always cool, the always awesome uh, Miss Dolly Phelps. Yes, Peace Frog yep. Botanicals Thank award you winning. For Peace Frog Botanicals award winning. That's true. That is true. All right, let's talk about that award winning. Um, so this year, this year of 2018, you and the, your fine company took home bronze. Yes, we for- did. Yep. Third place for Platinum Huckleberry Cookies um, for in the hybrid category. Okay. Cool. And that was a blast. That We made a little deal, Jeff and I. He's my mad scientist. I keep locked in the basement with the occasional Red Bull and ham sandwich. And <laughs> got to keep him fed. And so the deal was, is if we placed it all, I would have to call him Captain Shug. And so now that's his new name, is uh, the ever-wonderful and fun-loving Captain Shug. Compliments of Jeff Phelps. Okay. So that was a great experience at the Cup. Okay. So, you know, going forward, well, first off, like, what did uh, what did you and, and Captain Sugar <laughs> gain from this experience? Um, well, first of all, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, we gained a lot of recognition, you know, for our flower, and uh, new retailers are calling us um, all the time now, wanting to get some more of our product in their stores. Um, so it, it helped our business. Um, it helped our marketing and branding for our business. And for us personally, it was just an incredible experience, you know, reading High Times as a young adult. And, and now we're in High Times. So um, so that was, it's still a little surreal, you know, for us. It's a, a huge step forward being new to the growing and um, and being able to do it well, so super fun and exciting. Now, do you feel like that puts any pressure on Peace Frog going forward to, uh, like next year, uh, put forward something better, like maybe a maybe a, a 
platinum huckleberry cookies with a with the higher THC or with higher uh, terpene level to try and top what you did, or does that mean going in a completely different direction with some as yet unnamed strain? Well, we do want to enter again next year. We will be entering platinum huckleberry cookies next year, and we'd like to enter a couple other ones as well. But as you said, um, we don't know which ones those are going to be yet. So far, I'm I'm not finding the one, so to speak. Um, that's kind of catching our eye is something we want to enter yet. Um, but you know, our, I think platinum kind of set a high standard for us. She's always been my favorite smoke, um, in every way, the smell, the bag appeal, the effects, the flavor. So I don't know. I think she has big shoes to fill for us, but you know, that's the joy of growing is going through all those new strains and finding that next golden goose. Okay. Um, now, um, when it comes to uh, like platinum huckleberry cookies or, or Girl Scout cookies or, or any other um, cookies hybrid, cookies strain, uh, what are the things that you look forward to? Or actually really in any strain? So for me, I think the visual appearance means a lot. The smell, the aroma, um, and the flavors, um, and of course the effects. But even if the, there's not a, a huge potency you know you're not getting a huge effect from potency i tend to like the flavors enough on their own um that's one of my favorite things about platinum is her unique smells and flavors you know so and i've looked for a lot of other strains i think generally so scientifically when you look at a plant and its ability to produce thc it gets very um questionable when it gets to 30 percent or beyond and that's because the plant has um necessary you know, metabolic processes that need to take place. There's plant tissue, there's fats, there's all these other molecules that the plant needs in order to exist and sustain life. If if your THC level is, say, 30 or 31%, you're, you're reaching in, into that, um, the other necessary parts of the plant. And, and so, therefore, it becomes questionable if that is a true 30 or 31. Because it's all, it, it is impossible to get far beyond that simply because then the plant does not have the tissue it needs to exist or, or produce. It's or, actually a THC plant at that point. It actually turns... It, well, it, it wouldn't even be able to be a plant. No, it's that. just a molecule. Yeah. Uh, so, but and, uh, the other part of that too is when you get a 30% THC, you're not leaving any room for your for a lot of terpenes. Yeah. And so for me, I found generally a 24 percenter with a nice terpene profile, regardless of what it is. Um, generally has the best effects on me. And like you, I think I should do a little tolerance break at some point too so I can re-enjoy some of those things, you know, that are lost yeah. to to using every day, you know. Yeah. Um, but the, the more we're learning about the plant and the scientific parts of the plant and how it works and, you know, little things like, um, oh, I think it's uh, fulvic acid, but you have to have the low... Um, molecular weight or the plant can't use it because it's too big of a molecule for the plant to carry through so we've been learning all these interesting scientific facts and the more we research and of course you can never know it all you know well i think that um part of like the the, the well you know the tolerance break as well is like it's uh it's also going to research which is like the best way uh, for me to take, uh, to, to ingest it. Like, is it going to be taking in a concentrate? Is it going to be, uh, through a, through a bong or, you know, is it going to be edible? What is the healthiest way for me to take something, 
um, that, that has like, if I'm taking it like a multivitamin, um, you know, and I, and I'm using it for its health benefits, what right. is the best way for me to take it? Is it for me to take it in the form of like, uh, like an edible oil in the morning or at night before I go to bed? Right. Is it, um, you know, is it going to be taking a concentrate now? Have you tried juicing with cannabis leaves? Um, well, that was, uh, going forward. I, you know, I'm, I'd like to eventually get to start growing. So I'm at a point where I can uh, afford to try juicing. Uh, like for, so I can try cannabis juice because right. otherwise to, to just buy, to say, I'm going to buy, uh, an ounce, I'm going to pay $400. I mean, that's a fuck. I, that's a, <laughs> I can buy a lot of other shit to juice right. with that money. Uh, how many, it's a lot of juices. It's a lot of, fuck. I don't, I mean, I can buy all the juice I need for a year. <laughs> right. right. Um, <laughs> which brings us to our next great issue taxes taxes yes all right so one of the topics that i've had and one of the big conversations that i've had with a bunch of people um in inside of the industry inside the cannabis industry uh is that the, the tax situation the current tax situation is 800 dollars uh for uh cultivator tax per pound of retail cannabis Correct. which comes to 50 dollars an ounce um but that's just be that's just one of the first of of many um, costs of doing business that ends up uh, going to your fifty or your sixty dollar eighth, right. or your three hundred and fifty dollar or four hundred dollar retail ounce. Right. So, um, so with going to the eight hundred dollar tax. Speaking to that, um, if you could change that, uh, first off, is that something you would like to see changed? Absolutely. How would you change it? So uh, that, and I've talked to so many different licensees across the state about this issue because we are um, seeking legislative help to get this changed. Um, the solution that I found everybody agrees on is it needs to be a percentage-based tax. Now, the difference is, is some people think that should be a tax at, at the retail level um, and not the cultivator. Other people are fine. Like for me, I'm, I'm fine if it stays where it's at. I mean, I do it every month anyway. If there's a different calculation where I get my number, you know, it's no sweat off my back. Um, but a lot of people feel it should be at the point of retail. Um, there's been concern that at the point of retail, if you have like a cartridge with oil in it and there's a tax, now you're taxing a non-marijuana product with a marijuana tax or that cookie. The cookie has flour and chocolate chips and whatever else in it, which is all being taxed um, as, a, as a cannabis excise tax. So that's been one concern about taxing it at retail. Um, the other thing, too, is I think the retailers bring in the most money and therefore they also have to pay the most money taxes and you know it's a cash situation and it's 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 a very dangerous situation for everybody involved so hopefully banking can change too but what i would like to see is probably a 15 percent um tax based on the sale amount of the marijuana and if it comes from cultivation then that would mean whatever if i'm the problem that we see with the tax is the one the once when he had the fifty five hundred dollar pound that $800 tax was a drop in the bucket. Now things are a little bit different. Um, some people are selling, you know, lower testing strains that aren't able to move quickly for $2,400. So now you have, what is that? $800 on $2,400 is a 33% tax. So that's impossible to be sustained. That is an unsustainable 
unrealistic tax structure that's not going to work. For the record, I was blindly agreeing. I wasn't doing the math in my head. I was okay. just, just assuming that you're right on that. Yeah, well, I um, saw the number two in your eye. <laughs> it's like I was trying to carry over and trying to figure out if I'm supposed to or not. Um, so... I, as a, as a consumer, I think that that's one of the things that makes the most sense because you do have, um, you know, 13% or, you know, you have lower testing, uh, THC that can still, uh, you know, cannabis that can still be sold, uh, that can still, uh, generate, uh, income to the state that can still, you know, uh, buy books for schools that mm-hmm. can still perhaps pay for, you know, more teachers. Right. Um, but that, that, Cannabis that that lower can that lower um, that lower testing cannabis is going to stay uh, in the cultivator's closet, just uh, gathering dust, like just going, just you know, curing, mm-hmm. um, rather than you know, uh, generating an income for for the state. Right, and I had a big issue with this, and I. I, there's a lot of things that we learn are messed up with the way things are by going through the process. So I had a low testing strain. It was a CBD strain and it didn't turn out as good as it usually did. And I had a hard time selling that. So I contacted Amco to find out um, the process of me grinding that unsellable bud up and selling it as trim to a manufacturer. They said, you can't do that. Bud is bud and trim is trim. The problem with that is with the $800 tax that we're speaking of, the tax exceeds the value of the product. So no cultivator is going to say, hey, here, let me sell you this for, you know, $600. I got to pay $800 tax and now I'm in debt $200. No, that we're not going to do that. We're going to grind up the product. We're going to do the whole waste log and we're going to dump it at the landfill. And now the state's not seeing any tax whatsoever, even if it would be a $240 a pound trim tax. So this is really what spurred my conversations with some of our legislative lawmakers about the tax situation is the need to be able to sell all of our product, A, to recover as much cost of of producing the product as possible, and B, to generate as much revenue for the state as possible. And the state's losing out on that. The new tax structure, which actually just came out, um, I just got three emails today about it. It's effective January 1. So they did address the tax, except now there's five different tax structures, um, which is impossible. And it still does not address ugly, low-testing marijuana. They did put in, so now we have the the bud tax, $800 a pound. Um, I didn't do the math to give you a pound tax on the others, but I know they're $25 an ounce, $15 an ounce. So we have the bud tax. We have an abnormal bud tax, which is bud that did not pass testing or that has visible seats. It does not address the ugly bud that nobody wants. So now we're still losing. That was the whole point of this in the first place. So we have the bud tax, the abnormal bud tax, premature bud tax. Then we have trim tax. And then we have another clone tax. Clones are going to be taxed at a dollar, which I think makes a lot of sense. The problem with this is if the DOR in four months contacts me and says, Mrs. Phelps, we feel you've been reporting dishonestly on your uh, monthly returns. How do they audit me? How do they determine? We think that this was really bud, and you said it was premature bud, and you you were taxed on it being. How can they ever inspect that to find out what product it was? There's it's impossible for them to audit it. They can't go back in time. The product's going to be sold to consumers and no longer even able to inspect or look at. Um, how many people are they going to have to hire? For this process of driving down to the Kenai Peninsula and knocking on Highbush and saying, well, we want to see 
package tag, blah, 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 that says it was uh, bud, premature bud, but we really think it was bud. It's, a, it's impossible. So, but unfortunately, these new tax structures um, are effective January 1, and it's, it's, it's very concerning. And I hope that we can get something done about it this year, or next year, 2019. Okay. Um, just out of curiosity, for, for those of our, our listeners that are local to the Kenai Peninsula, um, who are some of the, uh, the elected representatives or, or even the candidates uh, who have been receptive to, to the plight of you know, the cannabis industry? So I, I think first and foremost is uh, Senator Peter Michicki. And he has um, often said that he did not support ballot measure two, um, but it's, it's law now and he wants to perform his job and he's seeing the, the income that we're generating for the state. He's seeing the economic benefits locally in our, in our very own community with the new jobs and the new stores and the new revenue streams. Um, and for whatever reason, he wants to assist us on some of these issues um, so that we can be treated fairly as a business. He even offered a couple ideas as far as banking goes. There is one bank that's a state bank, and I think it's the CFAB, which is the Commercial Fishing and Agricultural Bank, and that is not a federal bank. That's a state-run bank. So that's one possibility he might be helping to at least find out if it's a possibility that we could do banking through that bank. So Senator Michicki, Paul Seaton's been supportive. Well, Paul Seaton voted. Uh, if I recall correctly, he stated that he voted uh, for Proposition 2. Uh, he, he voted for the legalization of cannabis in 2014. So yes. uh, he's been kind of consistent in that message. Yes. Um, all right. So uh, Representative Seaton, Representative Machiki, and who else? We have uh, Seaton, Machiki. Um, of course, you know, the other ones that aren't in our areas. Um, the other one running, Sean Butler. Okay. Uh, She's very supportive as well. And she is a candidate and not elected yet, but we'll see how that goes for her. She's uh, she's running, if I if I understand correctly, against uh, Ben Carpenter. Ben Carpenter, correct. Um, I've actually I've had the opportunity to sit down and interview uh, a retired colonel, I believe. I don't I don't want to misspeak, but I've had the opportunity to speak um, to uh, uh, Sean Butler, and she's a very very bright woman. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't spoken to Ben Carpenter. Um, I met his opponent, uh, in his campaign, Wayne Ogle, and I was a, I was a fan of Wayne Ogle. So, um, that being said, I, I don't know anything about Ben Carpenter, but I do know that, that, um, uh, I do know that, uh, Sean, um, uh, Brian uh, Butler, Sean Butler, I'm sorry, is, uh, sorry about the, the misstep. I, um, very smart woman. She has, a. Uh, um, She's uh, she's she's put a lot she's put a lot of thought into a lot of things that a lot of candidates have to include artificial intelligence uh, moving forward. How do we get that to benefit us? Um, and uh, just a lot of different just a lot of different ideas as far as like uh, uh, you know energy renewal. She's cool cool lady right cool lady um, and a uh, former officer former army officer. Very cool. I had not spoken to her in depth, so I didn't get all that info. She did come to our October fourteenth meeting. Um, as well as Ben Carpenter, Peter Michicki, Ron Gillum, uh, Mike Navarre, Gary Knopp, Paul Seaton, and Erica McCall. They all showed up. So we had a lot of, that was a really good open conversation. A lot of questions asked. And I think, to the key for me has been inviting all our local representatives so they can get a taste of who we really are. 
Um, we are your friends and neighbors. You know, we are business owners. We have kids going to the same school as everybody else in this community. And so I think to be treated that way is kind of what we're all after. I thought it was really cool. I went to the AMIA party uh, that they had at Kenai Catering, and it was cool to see, um, I believe, Commissioner now, Navarre. Commissioner Mike Navarre, yeah. Uh, come through, former former borough mayor, and yeah. say hi and talk to people. And uh, it's it's good to see that um, that that previously elected officials who are who are now um, who are now commissioners um, of small of uh, small business for the state really you know care right. uh, enough about uh, the cannabis industry to want it to succeed. I think that that's, that's very important. Right. Um, and I think that that's like, one of those reasons that I don't want this. I don't want to see uh, an outside of state influence right. uh, on our cannabis industry. And, and I know that there's been, there's been a lobby uh, for that. There's been a push for that. And I, I think that that is a terrible mm-hmm. idea. I think that when you do things like uh, Thank God it was it was shot down. But the idea, just the even idea of extending out to ninety days, uh, the the required For the uh, video maintenance retention. of, of, yeah. of uh, yeah, uh, the retention of video, ninety days, doubling it uh, yeah. for no really good reason. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the only people walking forward who could afford to do that are people with uh, corporate investment. Sure. Just sure. walking, just getting in the door. So I, I think that even even propositioning that, even that, even throwing out that idea, is, uh, is was, was a bad idea. It was, and that was brought forth by enforcement, of course. Um, and for me, my personal opinion, enforcement has a big job. I think what there's eight of them, and they do alcohol and marijuana, so they're very stretched thin. And I get that. Um, and I do think wholeheartedly that they just want to do their job well but i think they're probably going about it in in the wrong way a lot of times so the video retention was requested by enforcement so they could use it as a tool if there was an issue with a facility they could go back further in time because a lot of times they won't know there's an issue for a couple months after whatever the issue is takes place so they wanted the ability to go back further in time well not only i mean is it nearly impossible to comply. Well, it already is impossible, even with the 40 days, to comply with the three days. So every like to see is three days to give AMCO whatever documents they ask for. You got three days. Uh, we did the math, and 13 minutes per camera for 12 cameras per day for 40 days takes 104 hours, and you only got 72 to give it to AMCO. So it, it's an impossibility. And then we got to think, who's going to view 40 days, 12 cameras? Who's Who's, who are they paying to view all of these hours of camera footage? And no other state, and in fact, if, unless it changed very recently, um, McConnell said that Oregon had 90 days, and what I found, Oregon had 35 days. Uh, Washington had 40 days, and I think Colorado had 45 days. We currently have 40 days. So my comment on that was, what is it about Alaska Um that makes us so special that we need more double double the footage of any other legalized state that has millions and millions of, of residents in the state. Like we got less than a million people in Alaska. How can Colorado function just fine on 45 days and we need 90, you know, just didn't make any sense. Fortunately, the board, um, when that did come up, they did not pass that. 
Um, Brandon Emmett and Nick Miller both said it's ridiculous. And one of the things is, is we need to have the regulations um, made, created, to apply to the 98% of us doing it right and not the 2% of us doing it wrong. If there's an issue with a specific facility, then make them do the 90 days, not the whole industry. So the actions of one or two bad apples in an entire industry should not dictate everything that everybody else has to do for the rest of their whole business career. It just, it doesn't make sense to do it that way. Can I got something going on. Can we? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. I apologize. Oh, good. So you kept hearing that thumping, right? That. Mugger. All right. We don't normally do that, but we had to take a quick break and we had to quit, uh, hit the pause button. Nothing. <laughs> What was it the TV? There's yeah, a clicking the sound on the TV. Yeah, yeah. We got it taken care of. Yeah, we've, we've we got uh, some smart people in the room. Found a solution to that problem. <laughs> By the way, if you hear uh, if you hear anything in the in the background, that's that's just Dolly's dogs. Who are the dog? What are the dogs' names? Uh, Mojo, Brody, and Mongo. Okay, Mongo is Mongo looks like my 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 pet toothless. Looks like looks old. Just one here. Yeah. yeah, we call him the mugger because he. Pushes his will on you and wants to jump on you. And, well, you know this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's, that's just, he's essentially, he's toothless. It's my, my North Road dog as well. We got him a couple of years ago. Nice. And it's like, I, lately I've been waking up with him like closer to me in the bed. You know, he's, but he'll, he'll wake up or I'll wake up and, you know, his face will be in my face. Like, yeah. like, like I love you. We should, we should join <laughs> yes. together. And be as one spirit, uh, and and go into the universe. We'll we'll dance through the fifth dimension, man. Uh, but yeah, it's toothless. That's my guy. Um, okay, so what's uh? You, well, you mentioned your your favorite strain is uh, is platinum huckleberry cookies. Now, um, that being more of a hybrid, uh, where do you fall more on the indica sativa side? Um, I think I like. And, it, you know, it really depends on what my day's activities are. But I really like a nice indica for, obviously, later in the evening and sometimes in the middle of the day. Um, and if if I really want to be energized, if I have a lot of housework to do or a lot of growing gardening work to do, um, Honey Badger Haze is really... There's, so Honey Badger Haze is unique. It has THCV, which is tetrahydrocannabivirin. And this is a, a different cannabinoid, you know, other than THC, but similar. Um, and it is just a very, very energizing strain. And even my husband, Jeff, who, like a grandma lasts him a year, he likes the Honey Badger too. So I don't know. I like both of them. Just depends on what I'm doing that day. Okay. Um Excuse me. So, uh, so you look at the back of your, your uh, well, you look at your, your cannabis, uh, bag, your retail bag, like, a like a new, like you're looking at nutritional facts. Like, what are you looking for? What sticks out to you? Well, I'm always looking for terpenes when available. Now, it's not mandatory that cultivators test for terpenes. Some do. Um, we occasionally will, but not every time because, again, there's that another Just additional added expense. expense. And for a small grower, you know, I can have a, a batch of up to 50 plants, but, even if we did all one strain on a table right now, I'm talking 12 plants. If I do two or three strains, I'm talking three or four plants per batch. So, for instance, if I did a terpene test and I've got four strains on a table of 12 and I've got three of each on there, that's four tests for, for 12 plants, you know, just for the terpene. So it's been difficult to do that every time. But I, I really look for the, the terpene profile. Um, 
THC is good to look for too, but there's other cannabinoids out there. I think THC is one of the more, or THCV is one of the more uh, prevalent ones that I look for. Okay. What do you look for on uh, when you're looking at terpenes? Like, what are you looking for? Just a, a nice high number. Okay. You know, they all do different things. Um, they all act differently together. So it's really strain specific and you really don't know how it's going to affect you until after you, you try it, you know? Um, one of the things I wanted to go back to, um, was, uh, initially when you look at like something with a higher THC, like say a, a 27 to 30%, uh, 30 plus, um, what do you think initially is being sacrificed to get that higher THC percentage? I think the terpenes are a big one that you're losing and then there's no room for any other cannabinoids. So, um, as more educated people know about cannabis, you know, everything works together. Um, so isolating one cannabinoid over the others is never a good thing because they all work together to do different things for you. So that's why I kind of, I steer away from the really, really high THCs because I know I'm losing all the other things that I might enjoy. So I, I like to stick around 24, 25 probably at the most. Listen to the consistency in that, fine folks. If you're in a state where, where retail cannabis is a thing, um, and that was something that we've, we've discussed in, in previous podcasts, including with uh, Wes, uh, Wes Browning, uh, the manager, uh, the retail product manager at Highbush Buds, was that you know you, these, these really high THCs, and this is coming from a guy who sells THC products, um, you know, you're... You're, you're losing something in the higher number. Yes. Uh, there's some really, really great uh, cannabis products in the in the 15 to 20 percent range that that have really great uh, terpene profiles that that are really, really high in uh, whatever it is that you know the things that you 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 look for, whatever it is that you're looking for in your cannabis, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, there, and there are some great deals to be had, like people who are right. married to that high THC number are losing out. And I, from my experience, you know, and I'll, I'll try them. Um, when I go to another state, I'll, I'll get a gram or something of one of their high ones. And what I've noticed is there's never, ever a really good, strong smell or flavor. And I think that's due to obviously the loss of your terpenes and, and the other cannabinoids in there, um, with those super high numbers. And it's unfortunate that. The market here in Alaska has evolved in such a way that the price is determined on THC. And that is the most foolish way to choose your marijuana. It's the most foolish way to to present your marijuana for sale, you know, as a cultivator. It's all about, well, did it test over 20 or not? What is, you know, it's such an irrelevant number. And I think it's unfortunate that the consume, most the majority of the consumers are really stuck on that THC number. I think I think very oftentimes that's yeah really absolutely is an arbitrary number, especially when you're talking if you're talking about uh, your your CB your your THC CBD hybrids. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, one of your hazes, um, skunk haze. Skunk haze is an um, like it will will vary in its in its THC CBD, but it's it's still about fifty fifty, mm-hmm. and people are buying those for a reason because they do have a value at, at the in those numbers, right? So. Yeah, I get people just get married to like an arbitrary number. It's like I was having a conversation uh, with uh, with a guy at the gym today. It's like he was talking about his bench press. He was, um, you know, he had he had injured his shoulder, but he was trying to work back to some arbitrary number that didn't matter in the first place. And so where instead of, you know, like I've got this injury and 
Uh, how do I, how do I either recover the injury? How do I work around the injury? How it, it was, how do I get back to an arbitrary number that I injured myself trying to reach the last time I injured myself? <laughs> um, and so, um, a lot of times it's, you know, it's, it is an arbitrary number. It's a number that is just kind of attached to it. Like it's, I don't know. It's like maybe in some type of case, it's measuring the moisture in, in the, uh, in the leaf of a tomato. Yeah. Know, like- well, and one thing is, is there has been some proposed regulatory changes, um, from the testing work group that, um, public comments already that I think the period's already closed for it, but to present THC in a range. And I really like this idea because it doesn't test out the same every time. Even if you took two samples from the same batch, had them both tested at the same time, they're still not going to test the same. And a range can give you a range of what it's been over, like probably it's lowest to highest in the last three months or something like this, or the last six months or the last year. So the consumer can really know I could be getting this one. And one thing that's concerned me is if I take a sample in, and it tests out low, right? So, and this has happened to us. So, well, you know, what did we have? We had a, the cherry, our cherry vanilla cookies. Normally a 22%, 21, 22, almost 23%. It goes down to 14%. Is that a test flaw? I don't know. But the concern I have with that is the consumer goes in saying, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm new, you know, I don't want anything really strong. I'm not sure how it's going to affect me. I'm going to stick with this lower percentage. And that lower percentage is really higher, and that person overindulges because they were not made aware that that could be higher than 14%. I think that's a public health and safety issue. Well, there have been say, uh, um, uh, testing inconsistencies in the states. Yes. Um, and that's something that, that we've seen. So, And it's better if it's going to be wrong. It better be wrong on the high side rather than the low side because if somebody's buying low for a reason and they get this up here. It could it could be a bad thing. Yeah, if you, I, I agree, hundred um, percent. Now, are you flour or concentrate? I personally love flour, and I do use concentrates um, every now and then. You know, a lot of friends in the industry give me little samples here and there, and I'll always buy our concentrate concentrates from Einstein and from Highbush because um, they do such a fabulous job there. But for the, I love the flour. I like the. I'm old school. I like flour. <laughs> Okay. Um, now, uh, the last, uh, the last marijuana control board meeting occurred, uh, this month here on the lovely Kenai Peninsula. For the first time. How did you think it went? I think it went well. Um, I think we had a pretty strong attendance. Um, I, I wanted to see every chair full, but you know, wishful thinking, I guess, but we had a lot of people come from other parts of the state also, um, or Tim Dillon from the Economic Development Department came and did public comment um, in support of businesses, cannabis businesses, as well as uh, Senator Michiki. Um, there was some good public comments out there. I don't think they gave it enough time, though. I think they, they gave it like 20 minutes. And three minutes a person, that's only seven comments that they're accepting. And I think it deserves more than that. Um, but the meetings were there for two days. Uh, I think they, I did attend the first day, did not attend the second day, but I tried to listen when I could. So we'll see what comes out of it. But it was really nice to have them here on the peninsula to where we can actually go and look at them face to face and share some of our concerns with the board. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, um, 
Do you have anything, any new strains you want to plug? Anything, anything you want to talk about? Yeah, we got some new stuff coming up. We recently just harvested um, the lovely Birds of Paradise, another Dynasty genetic strain. Um, beautiful purple hues. That one's a cross of Cali Snapple and I know it's wonderful. Cali Snapple and Blue Heron. Okay. And the other one we just did was uh, Moose and Lobster. We got two different phenomes of those. And I see that big grin on your face. You're going to try some of that moose and lobster, aren't you? In December. <laughs> in December. And that was a Cali Snapple um, wow. Oregon Huckleberry. So we're really excited to see what those two do for us. Um, and I just sent them off to testing today. So we should have them on the market in a couple weeks. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, anyone locally you want to give a shout out to? Absolutely. The folks at Highbush have been our number one and taking care of us. And I also want to reach out and thank Ryan over at Eastrip. He's been a real good new retailer for us. And we struggled with, you know, kind of competing, two stores competing with each other with our product in the same town. But I think I think they got it figured out okay. So I, I think it's, I mean, they're not, you know, like starting fires. Yeah. And, and like at the, the border. But who knows, Ridgeway. you know, I was got broken too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, to, to whoever the, the scumbag is that tried to break into Highbush. That was very not cool. Not but, cool. But uh, I hope you hurt your wrist on the ballistic film. I I hope that I hope that that was a terribly embar. I don't I don't wish you injury, but I hope it was a terribly embarrassing experience. I wish you injury. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, don't come back. Don't come back. Like have the good sense to like. To buy your pot someplace else. There you go. Yeah. That you're not going to break into. <laughs> Dick. Um, sorry, ma'am. Um, but F that guy. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. How about a handshake, Bill? How about a handshake? All right. Uh, and thanks for checking us out. And, oh, uh, before we get out of here, what stores can they check you out at besoides East Rip and Kenai? So we have East Rip, Highbush, Kenai, Button, Soldana. Highbush, Soldana, AM Delight, and Anchorage. Weed Dudes in Sitka. Occasionally Great Northern Cannabis in Anchorage. And we've got about four or five new retailers um, that we're going to be selling to once our the Big Frog is operating. Oh, shout out to Great Northern Cannabis. I love that shop. It's one of my, it's in beautiful. Anchorage, it's it's definitely one of my, it's, it's a it's very pretty beautiful. spot. Um, and they have uh, inexpensive crutches. There you go. Yeah. All right. Have a great day, great evening, great afternoon, great whatever time it is you're listening to this. If nobody tells you today that they love you, I love you. If, uh, I love you too. If you have anybody that you would like to hear on the Woken Baked, uh, particularly in No Weed November, send me a message at uh, Woken Baked Podcast at Gmail. I'd love to sit down and uh, and uh, talk to you. Also, anyone participating in No Weed November or thinking, oh, I don't smoke pot, I can't participate, very easy. Just give up something for Lent. I don't know, like give up red meat if you want to give up red meat. If you've been thinking, I need to give up red meat, give up red meat for a little while. <laughs> um, if nothing else, you'll find out in a month that you love steak. <laughs> There you go. Or uh, a couple of folks are giving up uh, scotch or liquor. My wife is is giving up like. Um, and why are, why is everybody giving something up? It's just to give up something. Okay. Well, some people were inspired by like sober October, and um, I don't know, just to kind of reset. Like I don't know if there's something that I've been doing every uh, like every day or frequently or once or like however often it is, it becomes a habit. And so it's like, all right, so this is a habit and this is something that I'm, I'm spending money on. It's something I'm spending time on. It's something I'm spending energy on. Uh, what does my life look like without it? Without it. Yeah. So uh, like 
for example, when I went to basic training, there was no cigarettes for, you know, X amount of time. And so and, uh, it showed that, you know, perfectly capable of giving up something. Uh, when I, you know, when I went to, uh, to, for a deployment, when I went to Iraq, uh, you know, I was able to, to go six months without drinking, uh, because, well, it just wasn't there. It wasn't you don't made an option yeah. and available. Uh, but if no one else in my house smokes weed, then no one else is going to be, you know, so there you go. Cool. Yeah. Well, but, see know, how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how Man, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, there, there will be different challenges, I'm sure, set up. Like we'll do like different workouts and, and shit. And, and then everybody will see you back in December. And then everybody's going to see me back. In December. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, Woken Big Podcast at Gmail. If people are interested in checking out what it is that uh, the fine folks at Peace Frog Botanicals are doing, how do they do that? Well, uh, we are on Facebook, Peace Frog Botanicals on Facebook and on Instagram. We do not have a website, but. We've got all of our products featured on both of those two social medias. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Bill. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.